The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. A yoke, right, is a farm, a piece of farm equipment. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, yokes are designed for two animals to use simultaneously to plow a field, carry something, whatever it is. They do make individual yokes. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the dual purpose ones. But when Jesus says that, the next thought, something that I get strapped into and therefore have to do manual labor, sounds kind of burdensome. But that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus is actually trying to tell us today. He's saying that instead of doing all this work by ourselves, carrying a single yoke, trying to do all the the stuff, he's saying actually take my yoke upon you. Take my piece of equipment upon you. Actually, let me aid you in the work. Well, when you think of it like that, that sounds great. But I bet we still have probably felt life being a burden at times. Life probably has had its own challenges and difficulties. But the yoke also means this. It's a metaphor for the law. Jesus tells us in the Gospels that he didn't come to abolish the law to get rid of it, but to fulfill it, to make it richer, more complete, better understandable. And so his actions and his teachings oftentimes explain this new law. And for us, the new covenant, the new relationship, he perfects it. And he makes it a law that's focused on love more than it is on subservience. So he says, what's the greatest commandment? Love me above all things. Love your neighbor as yourself. Or the other translation, love your neighbor as I have loved you. He turns the law into something that is an active participation and cooperation in his mission, which is to reunify us to the Father. So this new law becomes available to everyone, and that can be at times challenging. But when we receive his yoke, we also receive his help. We receive his graces, his gifts. We receive the ability to do something that by one person alone could not be done. Now in doing so, Jesus asks what of us? He asks us to be obedient. He asks us to follow after him, to fulfill what he preaches and teaches. And so become like him. 
none of us are perfect, and we won't be perfect on this side of heaven, but we're called to be like Jesus, who is perfect. And what's so cool is that Jesus, in this openness to everybody, right, he's not an overbearing, all right, you must accomplish this amount of things in this amount of time or do this. Like, Jesus wants our very best effort, so we can't just uh, lollygag about. He wants us to put in effort. But he's not overbearing, and he's not exclusive. A lot of the the Pharisees, a lot of the, the laws in the Jewish time were focused on a caste system. You were born to this group, and you were just stuck in that group forever. And Jesus says, actually, it doesn't matter what you're born into. All of you are children of God. All of you are royalty. So how does that help us? How does this awareness, this knowledge of what he speaks about today help us, right? It's a recognizing that first and foremost, burdens are not meant to be carried out alone, but also, and this is really important, we are not a burden by asking for help. But how many of us have probably felt like a burden before? We've had that thought, I'm a burden. It's important to renounce things, especially lies. So just repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm a burden. If you have to, say that every day, every hour. Every minute, if necessary. Because Jesus is saying, when you take my yoke upon you, I will give you the aid that was not possible before. So burdens is one key component from today's gospel. But the second one is this. And it's the word rest. Say rest. Now, do you actually know what it means to rest? I venture to say that we don't. The true definition of rest is this, to cease work or movement in order to refresh oneself or recover strength. So rest has been distorted into our modern era. Right? We, we know we're supposed to rest. We, we acknowledge this, I hope, to some degree. We've probably had moments in our lives where we've experienced decent rest, but rest isn't just about, you know, having a vacation and going away. Rest is not just about having other things complete my tasks. Think about this. I grew up in a house with no dishwasher, meaning I was the dishwasher. Now I have a dishwasher, and it's great, and I love it, because I can put all the dishes in there, and I can get it going and get it running so I can go and do more stuff. But we've created all these things in the world today, right, washers, dryers, automobiles, all these things that are presumably good so that we can rest, but we've actually distorted it so that we can just do more. So we're really not resting. We're not ceasing work. We're not ceasing the movement to order ourselves and refresh ourselves. We've just allowed ourselves to do more things and become even less restful. Think about this as well. Ancient mythology, right, we talk about the gods. Oftentimes we, we hear the stories about how the gods created humans so that the humans were the slaves to do all their work, to, uh, to care for them. But what does our God do in our creation of us? 
Did he make us so that we were slave laborers for him? No. Did he make us so that uh, he'd have people that would make him more powerful? No. He made us out of love. He made us out of the purpose that he desired us and continues to desire our existence. So God, our God, the God of Israel, gave us the Sabbath. He himself rested in the creation of everything and actually invites us into this idea of rest to cease movement. So what does rest look like? Now rest for some people might be things like, well, when I am doing work, I'm, it's restful for me, it's restoring me. Perhaps. But is that the rest God desires for us? No, it is not. When we take vacations and we, we can get away and we can, re, we can relax, like we're resting, but are we resting in which the way God desires us to? No, we are not. That's not to say those are bad rests, but it's not the rest God is calling us to. What's the rest God is calling us to? Well, he describes it a little bit in the gospel. In relationship to the Father and the Son, no one will know the Father unless they know the Son. No one knows the Son unless they, they know the Father, and, and you won't know the Father unless I reveal him to you. Rest, in the sense that God has for us, is merely being in his presence and gazing upon him. Rest is the true definition of ceasing work and movement and just being. And that can be a little terrifying because it means that maybe my mind will have to slow down or be quiet or I won't be fidgeting with a lot of things and, and that may not be normal for some of us. Maybe for some of us, we crave it and we're just like looking for the next bit of rest. But we can rest with the Lord in a very simple and beautiful way. And that is through adoration. Where God is present to us, either in the tabernacle or exposed in a monstrance on the altar. And we come into a church and we sit in the pew and we look at him as he looks at us. And we just gaze upon the wonder of who he is. We gaze upon the wonder of who we are in his presence. That's what true rest is. Because that second reading uh, talked about a few things. It talked about how the spirit actually needs rest. Our souls actually need rest more than just our bodies. Like we have to sleep, true. But our souls, how do they rest? Well, our souls, created by God, rest best when we're with him. I spoke last week about our 40-hour devotion coming up in August, August 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And we had 102 slots to fill. I counted the slots before I processed in. We only need 49 slots now. We've, we have half of them covered in a week. That's crazy. I'm so happy. But that's the rest God is calling us to. 
just to be in his presence, just to gaze upon him, not to do anything. These burdens, right, these things that, we again, we renounce this lie that we are a burden. God knows that our lives are not always easy. But are we calling on him when they're difficult? God knows that we need rest, but are we resting with him the way in which he designed us to? Or are we kind of just putting a, a Band-Aid on? Like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll ask for help occasionally, or I'll manage this mostly okay, or, you know, I'll find this thing to, like, take a little time off. Brothers and sisters, we are deserving and have permission from God himself to rest with him and to ask him to help us in our burdens. I put in the bulletin this week, and I really want everyone to make sure they get a bulletin when they go home. A simple question. And the question is, how can I, as your pastor, help you? Right, we know what God is able to do for us. We know what he's willing to do. He's willing to take our burdens. He's, he's calling on us to rest with him. And yet we still need individuals here and present in this world to help us. And so, how can I help you? I, I outlined uh, a few ideas, a few points in here, and so I just want to kind of explain them really fast. I mentioned things like annulments of marriage, you know, people who have been married, gotten divorced, or maybe either, either seeking marriage again or have gotten remarried but never gotten an annulment. And maybe there's lots of confusion about annulments and what they do, but if, if, there's, if, that's, if you fall into that category, how can I help you? Come and talk to me. I'd like to know how I can aid in either walking you through what that means or explaining that or even like beginning the process. Uh, the second is convalidation of marriages. So maybe a person was married and they're Catholic, but they weren't married in the church. All right, well, how, do, how can we validate that? How can we go about making sure that, that you're properly disposed then to receive the Eucharist and practice the faith? Because I think there's a lot of confusion again about what divorce does and, and all these things. So Things with, with marriage, like, how can I help you with that? Or if you have a friend, you're like, man, they, they could really benefit from talking to a father. Like, direct them to me. Uh, sacraments of initiation, so baptism, confirmation, first communion, whether that be for uh, the littlest of our parishioners, like the babies, or an individual who maybe uh, grew up with no faith and they're, they're curious about the church and curious about Catholicism, uh, maybe a person who was baptized and receive their first communion but never got confirmed. How can I help you with that? What, what's, what information do you want to know? Life struggles, right? Priests are not counselors, per se, but we, we do a lot with listening to people and talking with you and just walking with you. It's one of the things that we're designed and ordained to do, so just life struggles. How can I help you with that? Knowledge about the faith, you know? What do we want to know? What are you curious about? What, is, what have you been pondering? How can I help you with that? Again, becoming Catholic is, is a huge, huge uh, area. But then the last is confession. Do the times we have work, are those beneficial? Does confession make sense? Do we understand the importance of going confession? Is it scary? Uh, are there fears that we have about it? Do, do you need more explanation or knowledge? Like, how can I help you? Because uh, you'll, you'll see this in the end of the bulletin, so this is not your excuse to not read this now, but people will come up with all sorts of excuses like, oh, Father, you're so busy. 
I'm not too busy for you. Oh, I don't want to be a burden. Well, you're not. Well, what if you're going to judge me differently? I love you. And I wouldn't ask these questions if I didn't care about you. So we know what God wants to do. Take our burdens. Give us rest. I want to know what I can do for you. My only, my only ask, my only ask in return is, um, if you haven't signed up for an adoration slot, please do so. Because <laughs> we're almost there. We're over halfway. And what a great way to rest with God, to be able to bring him our burdens and to let him love us as the way we are designed to be loved by him.